Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy. We've been offering a free podcast for over eight years to help anyone suffering with anxiety find relief. And now we're helping you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on how you can get the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Visit the Anxiety Slayer Academy and get your free Anxiety Slayer starter course at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here today with my wonderful friend and co-host, Nanga Sivir. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. And together we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. And today we're talking about ways you can cope with what one of our listener calls anxiety brain. Welcome back, Ananga. Hi, Shen. Thank you so much for continuing to partner with me for Anxiety Slayer. I enjoy coming together with you weekly and answering these questions and and sharing uh, our tips and tools to help as many people as we possibly can. The question this week is, any way to help with anxiety brain, as I call it? where everything seems too much to process and you can't speak or coordinate things well, a lot of the time when I get like that, it makes it worse for me and I get even more anxious. Like, what a great question. I can totally relate with this question and anxiety brain. Yeah, it's a thing. And the real challenge with it is when we have that anxiety in the brain, we feel that we should carry on. This is something I'm currently tussling with with myself, we feel that we should carry on, show up, do the responsible thing, keep working, keep going. And the challenge is when we have anxiety brain that we need to do the exact opposite. We need to slow down and show ourselves some kindness and support ourselves in letting it settle, which means trying some guided breathing practices for a few minutes each day to settle and support your mind and allowing time for walking and rest. And this advice might sound challenging to some of you, especially if your nature is to want to push through and get things done, which has been my nature for most of my life. But I'm learning to be, I'm learning to let go and learning to put myself at the front of the line. And so you can too. If I can do it, you can do it. And if Ananga can do it, you can do it. (laughs) Because the, the thing is, is you deserve it. And to get to that place of calm and healing truly is allowing yourself to slow down and care for yourself. And if you feel like anxiety is affecting your speech and coordination and your your work or social interactions with others, by slowing down and caring for yourself, it's going to really reduce this for you. And it's going to reduce that sense of overwhelm that you feel. And Man, it's you know it's hard to function when it feels like everything is coming at you and everything is is too much to process. So we understand where you're at, but slowing down is certainly going to help you. It's going to change things up. It's going to help you get back to being able to 
speak clearly and coordinate and all of those things that feel like they're lost to you in that moment. Yeah, it's like the mental equivalent of when you get a burn on your hand and you're cooking and you don't want to stop and put it under cold water or you just flash it under the tap for a few seconds. But you know if it's a a nasty burn, you really need to put your hand in the bowl of cold water for a few minutes to stop it burning. But our tendency is to just brush it off, run it under the tap, and you know there's dinner to cook and there's things to do and it wasn't planned that that would happen. So we try and carry on with what we did have planned. And particularly, I use the example of a burn because particularly for those of us who are currently living in parts of the world where it's summer, that summer heat pushes us. It pushes us to to keep going and to keep taking action. And you'll notice at this time of year, the glorious, relaxing summer that we see advertised is not what happens in public spaces and on the roads. People get quite pushy Mm -hmm. and aggressive and impatient. So although it feels counterintuitive and and unproductive, it's exactly what we need to do is slow down, honour it. It is a thing, and it's a thing that responds well to self-care and just allowing yourself the space to let it settle. Otherwise, it's like you're stirring something up more that's there because it's already stirred up. There's also a, a couple of Bach flower remedies that we talk about quite a bit uh, that are helpful for this feeling of overwhelm and impatience. And the first one is elm. And we've talked about elm before. And elm is, uh, really works wonders if you're just feeling out of sorts and feeling exactly the way this listener described. Definitely, definitely add that to your anxiety toolkit. Also, there's a formula called impatience for impatience for when you're feeling irritable and frustrated with yourself or impatient that the anxiety should just go away and leave you to get on with your life and get on with things. So those are two that that come up, uh, elm and impatience. Also, magnesium is important too, isn't it, Ananga? Yeah, magnesium is very important for calming anxiety and supporting the nervous system. So to make sure that you have that in place for support at this time is definitely a good step to take. I'm getting ready for a road trip um, after we, we record today. And one of the items on the dining room table right now that will be accompanying me is natural calm. I'm taking that with me. Um, I'll probably have some before I get on the road and I will have it with me when I'm away because I know how helpful it can be. And I tend to uh, get a little bit stressed before big, you know, big trips, road trips, things like that, as as so many of us do, and it just helps out so nicely. And then when I'm away, I thankfully have the use of a of a nice bathtub and and can also bathe with some Epsom salts and and lavender if if I need to, while uh, while I'm on the road which is nice. Both, both of those things are so calming and so helpful and kind. And particularly good for that phenomena of overwhelm and anxiety brain to just allow yourself to, to soak up that, that goodness and relaxation. Uh, one of the things I really like about lavender is that lavender helps us develop a sense of trust. Very often when we feel that we have anxiety brain, we feel out of sorts and we start second guessing ourselves. So lavender helps us just trust. Lavender is in bloom right now where I live, and I have uh, my front walkway on both sides as you enter our home is lined with lavender. Mm. 
and uh, on the right day with with the right breeze, it will just come wafting through the front of the house. It smells so good. It, lavender is just amazing. Such a healing herb, such a beautiful herb. I went to a lavender farm a couple of weeks ago, um, visiting my parents, and they took us out to this this big lavender farm, and they had an outside distillery. Mm. And so we could watch the harvest of the, the cut lavender all in a big pile and he allowed us to take a little bunch each to keep, which we have in our car. Then he, he showed us how to pack the massive um, distiller and pack all the lavender in and then the whole process of, of how that works and, and what comes out the other end. And it was 200 milliliters of essential oil for this pile of lavender. So that really made me value it all the Even more. Even more, sure. Yeah. He showed us the tiny seeds at the base of each flower, each tiny flower, the tiny seeds that the oil comes from. And we got to smell the lavender before it went through and the lavender straw that comes out afterwards, which smells of absolutely nothing, <laughs> all, yeah. all, that, all that good scent's gone from it. And we got to, to smell the freshly distilled oil, which smells surprisingly grassy and strawy. And he said it needs to mature for two years before it becomes that essential oil that you can purchase. I've always really valued essential oils, but standing and watching the process and seeing nature's goodness in those tiny seeds, that potent oil that comes from those tiny seeds, yeah. just made me appreciate it all the more. Oh, me too. I think that we also need to prioritize nourishing and grounding nutrition when we have anxiety brain. And there's a number of examples that we can share. I know that you've got some, of, some favorites that you like to share, Ananga. One thing here with nutrition and the anxiety brain phenomena is it's good to plan ahead because very often we feel that we can't concentrate and we can't get things together. So try picking out some recipes ahead of time, getting the groceries ahead of time and find your time of day where it's easier for you to prepare a nourishing meals. Sometimes people find easier in the morning when they first get up to use a slow cooker or something to help them have their meal ready for them when they come home later in the day. Things to favor for nourishing anxiety are summer squashes, zucchini, healing herbs like cumin, turmeric, little black pepper, vegetable stews, dals, like mung dal and rice. There's a very nice recipe where mung dal and rice are cooked together with some vegetables. That's called kitri. You can find recipes for that online. It's extremely easy to digest, very, very nourishing, very calming to anxiety and really gets to nourish the brain without much input or energy required from our digestive system. And we also like to share tips about Ayurveda as well. Ayurveda can be so incredibly helpful for times when you're struggling and especially when processing and dealing with issues with speaking and and all of that and and it's pretty simple if you if you think about it i mean the the first example would be to filter out as much incoming information as you can i know what it feels like to be in that place where you just feel like everything's coming at you turn off the phone sign out of the computer let your loved ones know that you need some space to yourself. Or if you're at work, take a break, get outside, take a walk, or if you can't do that, get to a window, look outside. There are all kinds of things that you can do to filter out 
And for me, it's sound more than anything else. I know that there's also, you know, filtering out what you're looking at as well. So nature makes sense to be, to be in nature, but even to, to be in nature with your eyes closed, to be, you know, sitting with your back up against a tree and just taking some deep breaths. Mm, resting your senses is a really good idea. Closing your eyes, covering your ears. And of course, we recorded a breathing practice that, that covers this, the bumblebee breath on our Breathe album demonstrates how to do this where you cover your eyes and your ears and then you're just listening to the sound of your own humming breath and the idea is to tune all your senses out and give yourself a rest and all that you're hearing and processing is this humming sound that you're generating yourself which is very soothing to the mind and very calming to anxiety. Also using questions for filtering can really help when we feel overwhelmed and like we're processing too much, sometimes our internal dialogue is just affirming too much. This is too much. I can't concentrate. My mind will really go to remind me of how it is, <laughs> remind mm -hmm. me of my discomfort in the situation. But if you can just stop that and ask yourself about the information coming your way, is this helpful? Is this necessary to me right now? I always tell myself if it's important enough to remember, it will come around again. Otherwise, just let it go for now or note it down. If you feel that you're concerned, you might forget something. But just ask yourself, is this really necessary right now? Is this helpful right now? Is there something else I could be doing to allow myself to rest and recharge a little bit? And let's talk a little bit about what happens when vata disturbance pops up and how that pushes our speech and, and the need to be understood. I think that's an important piece to, to share. Yeah, we've talked a lot on recent podcasts about vata and vata disturbance and how that gives rise to anxiety. In Ayurveda, there's a Sanskrit word for speech, vacha, and it's recommended that as much as possible we control and moderate our speech. So there's, there's different priorities we can put on that. One is that when we speak, it should be kind and gentle, kind about ourselves and to ourselves and kind about and to others to keep harshness from the speech and to keep that choppy brutalness from the speech that can come when we're trying to push through and keep going. To, so to keep speech soft mm -hmm. and gentle. And when we're vata disturbed and our anxiety is kicking off, we tend to speak a lot more. We really want to be understood and the energy of speech is pushed is pushed by the disturbed life airs in the body and we start saying a lot. We've got a lot to say. <laughs> and we want to be understood, but we're not going to be because we're saying so much that other people can't process. So right. really to just allow spells of quiet time, it's very challenging to be quiet when you're vata disturbed. It's very difficult to sit still and be quiet. When I first started practicing meditation years ago and I moved into an ashram. That was my biggest challenge. The sitting still in the mornings, it felt like a month of sitting still just to do it for 15 minutes because in those oh. days I was very, very vata disturbed. So just try with a minute. Okay, I'm going to sit for a minute and I'm just going to be with my breath and not speak and not feel the need to move around and then practice expanding it from there, extending the time from there or listen to an audio book listen to a guided meditation, listen to something inspiring and uplifting podcast, something that helps you relax, something that means there's gentle incoming and not outcoming, not this energy. Mm -hmm. 
And we've created our own guided practice that you can download and follow on our Breathe album, which is available on CD Baby or Amazon, and even on our new Patreon page. You're welcome to take a look at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about anxiety brain today because certainly this is very, very common. And by learning just a few of these tips and tools and essences and breathing practices, you're going to feel so much better. Thanks again, Ananga. Always a pleasure to spend time with you. And thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you listening in each week. Anxiety Slayer is now on Patreon. Patreon is a place where you can easily support our podcast and help us go further in depth with our offerings to help you even more. Anxiety Slayer just passed the milestone of producing over 400 free podcasts. But free podcasts aren't free to produce, and each and every episode we create takes hours of work. Ananga and I are on a mission to reach a goal of 500 active supporters on Patreon. Your support will help us keep the podcast going and create Anxiety Slayer extras with in-depth tutorials, mini-courses, and walkthroughs on the anxiety concerns our podcast listeners are asking for help with, like how to get relief from the symptoms of anxiety, how to feel more secure in your relationships, and how to recover from an anxiety flare-up or panic attack. Anxiety Slayer Extras will be available right on our Patreon page and automatically delivered to everyone who supports Anxiety Slayer. If you find our podcast helpful, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash anxiety slayer.